On April 14th edition of the show, we'll talk about Christian McCaffrey gets a massive payday. Can Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert set their differences aside? Former journeyman backup quarterback Travaris Jackson passes away on Monday and much more. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at 7-Eleven Sports underscore podcast or search us on Facebook and Twitter. The MLB considering a season overseas? According to Tim Kirchin of ESPN, a source in the MLB told him a few weeks ago that they were looking into playing overseas and said, quote, we're going to play in Japan. Kirchin said he didn't report on it right away because he thought it was so absurd. However, now it's beginning to reconsider the idea. He said, in the, in the end, I think something ridiculous is how we're going to play the season if we get to play the season. In the end, we're going to have to accept the fact that we're going to have to deal with a season that is so bizarre, unique beyond words, that we're going to have a bad plan in place because there's going to be no choice. Yesterday, David Sampson, the former president of the Miami Marlins and podcaster, said in regards to the idea, it can only be described as brilliant, nonsensical, no chance, impossible to ever logistically take place. He mentioned that players have already spoken out against the idea of playing an isolated and quarantine season in Arizona. And if they were upset about that, then it would be difficult for them to get the players union on board with this. The idea is a result of desperation to salvage as many games as possible for revenue. Their thing is that people in Japan will be covering much more quickly than folks in America. The MLB teams would play in stadiums during the day while the Japanese pro baseball team played at night. Crazy? Maybe. But those are the times we live in. The Indianapolis Colts announced today on Twitter they are releasing a new secondary logo. They also made minor tweaks to their new uniforms. The new secondary logo is a C with the Indiana State picture on it. According to ownership, they wanted the look to honor the state of Indiana. The uniforms are also similar to their look back in the 1950s and 60s when they were led by Hall of Fame quarterback Johnny Unitas and won one Super Bowl and three championships. Some fans, though, wanted them to go all-black unis for the color rush. Indianapolis has never worn those type of uniforms before. It was the first time that the Colts changed their uniforms and logos since 1984 when they moved from Baltimore to Indianapolis. The Colts will still use their trademark horseshoe that they always used. After the Colts shocked everybody by moving to Indianapolis in 1984, all the fans of Baltimore were upset with the franchise. Baltimore, in fact, did get a CFL team in 1992 and eventually got the Ravens in 1996. The Colts moved out of Baltimore because the owner, Bob Ursay, did not want his franchise being under eminent domain by the city of Baltimore. Bob Ursay traded franchises with Carl Carol Rosenblum in 1972. Rosenblum was the original owner of the Colts. He was frustrated with the city because he could not get a new stadium, which the Colts badly needed. So he traded the Colts franchise along with $5 million to Ursay for the, for the LA Rams. Unfortunately for Ursay, Colts fans did not like him from the beginning. He said time and time again he would not leave the city of Baltimore, but was looking at different places for new stadiums. So after finding out the news in 1984, he informed the mayor of Indianapolis he had accepted the stadium offer and literally left overnight. In that time, the Colts have not changed anything on the jerseys, helmets, or logo. When the Colts moved to Indianapolis, they first played in the RCA Dome through 2007. In 2009, they moved into the newly built Lucas Oil Stadium, which hosted which hosts the NFL Combine every year. Lucas Stadium also hosts Super Bowl 46 when Tom Brady lost the Giants for the second time. Fans' reactions were mixed about the news. Indianapolis season starts on September 13th.
Before we dive into some more awesome sports topics, I'd like to tell you about Anchor. If you haven't heard anything about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Can't go wrong with that. And guess what? There's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. That's not all, though. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It keeps on getting better, though. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, let's get back to the show. Utah Jazz guard and recently all-star Donovan Mitchell says his relationship between teammate Rudy Gobert has been fractured. Even though Gobert is downplaying the situation and says everything is fine, rumors are swirling that Mitchell believes the relationship will never be fine again. Gobert was the first player to test positive for COVID-19 one month ago, which suspended play. Before the game versus the Thunder, after being asked about if the coronavirus was serious, he did not think so and touched all the mics in the room. There were reports that after being tested positive for COVID-19, he touched all the players' stuff in the locker room. Most of his teammates believe he was not taking it seriously enough even though he donated $500,000 for COVID-19 research. After being medically cleared from the virus, he took to social media to explain how serious the virus was and that he apologized to the whole league and team. The day after the league was suspended, Mitchell tested positive for coronavirus. He was the second player in the league to test positive for, vi- for the virus. Some that are close to the situation have said that the Jazz have considered trading their star center, Rudy Gobert. It does seem a little rash to trade one of your best players because of this, but there has been a lot of talk about it recently. It is still unlikely that Gobert gets traded, though, during the pandemic, and plus the trade deadline has passed. If Mitchell and Gobert can set their differences aside, they will be a very successful pair for a long time. The Jazz were 41-23 and and currently have the fourth seed in the Western Conference. Most people have the Jazz going pretty far in the playoffs this year. Last season, Utah lost in the opening round to the Rockets in six games. Carl Anthony Towns' mother passes away due to COVID-19 complications. Jacqueline Towns, the mother of two-time All-Star, has just passed away after battling coronavirus at the age of 58. She and her husband, Carl Anthony Sr., had contracted the virus last month. Carl Anthony Towns posted an emotional video on Instagram after they had both been diagnosed to explain the situation. While her husband got better from the virus, she never got better. When her fever would not go down, she was placed into a medically induced coma. She battled for weeks, but this morning she succumbed to the virus. Carl was very close to his mother. According to ESPN, his mother did not miss a game in his first season in Minnesota. The Minnesota Timberwolves released a statement from the family today, part of its read. The Towns family is extremely heartbroken by the untiming passing of Jacqueline Towns due to complications as the result of COVID-19. Jackie, as she was affectionately known by her family and friends, had been battling the virus for more than a month when she succumbed on April 13th. Jackie was many things to many people, a wife, mother, daughter, grandmother, sister, aunt, and friend. Matriarch of the Towns family, she was an incredible source of strength. She was a very caring, caring and extremely loving person who touched everyone she met. Her passion was palpable and her energy will never be replaced. The Towns family is extremely grateful for the outpouring of love and support they have received during this very difficult time. (music) 
Bill Hancock, who is the executive director of the college football playoffs, told ESPN that he and his staff are planning to host it on time. Bill said that there is, it's too soon to speculate if they would cancel or postpone the season. While they do not have a special task force to pay attention to this issue, they will be aided by medical professionals to make the decision. But as for now, and like many other people are on college football, they have planned to put it to be on time in case the season can be started. This is an unlikely scenario. The former president of Kansas State said if there's no vaccine, there is no season. Chris Fowler also had a take on this issue. The former ESPN analyst said on Instagram yesterday he thinks it's impossible for the season to start like normal, but thinks that the college football season will start in the spring of 2021. His decision was based on information from sources within the college football sphere. He then describes how complex the college football league is. While the commissioner can just say that there's going to play the season, there are many variables to determine whether or not they have the season. There are the college presidents, the health concerns for the players, the states, the local municipalities, etc. to deal with, and any of those could prevent things from moving forward quickly. Chris Fowler also said that most popular idea right now is for the season to start in the spring of 2021. Like the other leagues in America, the powers that are hoping to get things started as soon as possible so they can make as much money as possible. Former Seahawks and Vikings quarter and Bills quarterback Tavares Jackson passed away on Monday in a car crash in Alabama. Jackson was only 36 and only been retired for a few years. He currently was the quarterback's coach for Tennessee State. He was the first quarterback in the 2006 NFL Draft to be selected out of Alabama since Ricky Jones in 1992. Jackson was selected by the Vikings with the 64th overall pick in the 2006 NFL Draft. Tavares was from Alabama State, a Division I AA, and also was the first quarterback selected out of an FCS school since Spurgeon win in 2000. He was shocked when he was selected so early. Most analysts projected him to go in the 6th or 7th round. He also stated that he was anticipating the third round at best. However, Vikings coach at the time, Brad Childress, said that he likes a quarterback with lots of potential, and he called Jackson a diamond in the rough. Tavares Jackson signed a four-year deal with Minnesota that summer. Jackson did not see the field much his rookie season in 2006. In 2007, Jackson started most games for the Vikings. In 2008, he started half the season as a starter for Minnesota. During the 2011 offseason, Tavares Jackson signed a two-year contract with the Seahawks. He was the starter for Seattle the whole season. The next year, the Seahawks signed Matt Flynn to a three-year $21 million contract and drafted Wisconsin quarterback Russell Wilson in the third round. So during the offseason, he was traded to the Buffalo Bills. Unfortunately for Jackson, he never saw any action for the Bills and eventually was released at the end of the season. In 2013, he returned to the Seahawks and where he won a Super Bowl as a backup quarterback. After the 2015 season, he retired. Since retiring from football, Jackson became a coach at the college level. In 2018, he became quality control and quarterback coach for his alma mater, Alabama State. The next season, Jackson became the quarterback coach for Tennessee State. He'll be greatly missed and will always be remembered as a great quarterback and even greater person off the field. Former teammate Brett Favre had this to say after hearing the news of the tragedy. My time with the Vikings was very special because the team braced and welcomed me as their own. Tavares could have been anything about welcoming, but instead he was pure class and as such a good teammate as I've played with. I'm proud to call him a friend. Such sad news. Carolina Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey becomes the highest paid running back in the league with a four-year, $64 million extension. 
McCaffrey last year ran for over 1,000 and had 1,000 receiving yards, the only running back to do that in league history. Ezekiel Elliott for the Dallas Cowboys was previously the highest paid running back in the league with a five-year $75 million deal. He signed right before last season started. After last season, McCaffrey told ESPN he was the best running back in the league and was hoping for a big payday in the offseason. That came true yesterday afternoon. Carolina has done a total remodel of the team this season. David Tapper, the owner of the Panthers, is now in his third season and is rebuilding the team from scratch. He fired Ron Rivera and brought in Temple head coach Matt Rule. He released Cam Newton and signed Teddy Bridgewater, signed wide receiver Robbie Anderson, let go of veteran tight end Greg Olson, and also brought in former Houston Roughnecks quarterback for the XFL, P.J. Walker. The 2013 Defensive Player of the Year and seven-time Pro Bowler Luke Keekley decided to hang in his cleats up early. Most likely, the Panthers will replace him with Clemson linebacker Isaiah Simmons. The Panthers have lots of competition in the division this season. However, I see the Panthers will probably have a winning season and will make the playoffs again. Christian McCaffrey was selected 8th overall by the Panthers in the 2017 NFL Draft. Immediately, he helped the franchise fortunes. He is considered one of the best running backs in the league and is also one of the best receiving backs in the NFL. He made his first Pro Bowl last season and was selected to the All-Pro first team in two different positions. No other player besides McCaffrey in the NFL history has ever done that. When he was at Stanford, he finished runner-up for the Heisman Trophy in 2015 as a sophomore. Most voters even admitted that the reason why they voted Henry over McCaffrey was that they were asleep when he was playing. Despite not having the same type of year in 2016, McCaffrey still had a good stats and was named first-team All-Pac-12. The Panthers just got rid of former MVP quarterback Cam Newton and replaced him with Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater went 5-0 as the starter for the Saints last season when filling in for the injured Drew Brees. It'll be fun to watch how the Panthers use both Bridgewater and McCaffrey this upcoming season. Thanks for listening to the 7-Eleven Sports Podcast bonus episode, where you get an extra minute of sports content.